Welcome to Nerd It All Before. The podcast where we dive deep into the subjects that make us all geek out. A bunch of goddamn nerds. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual enthusiast, Nerd It All Before is your destination for deep dives and lighthearted discussions that celebrate all things nerdy. So grab your headphones, get comfortable, and join us every month as we embark on a journey through the realms of imagination, intellect, and sheer excitement. You don't want to be a nerd. I'm not raising a nerd, bro. If it's a nerd, I'm going to bash his head in. Nerds get nowhere in life. This is Nerd It All Before. Prepare to unleash your inner nerd and explore the passions that connect us all. Let's dive in. Shock it, nerds! <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Nerd It All Before. I am Rick, and Drew is kind of... I don't know. He's looking like just dumbfounded. I don't know. And now he's looking like a squirrel. I don't know. And, uh... This is Jason's episode, so I'm going to let him take it over. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Uh, So today, uh, we are going to do something uh, uh, similar to what we did last time, uh, because I was inspired by my big buddy, Drew. Um, We're going to take a look at a few films by a director named Luc Besson. Uh, He is a French director, uh, and he has made such films as uh, The Fifth Element, Taken, um, and a, a few other fun ones, the Transporter series and, and whatnot. And um, I've always really liked his films. Uh, it, I was introduced to to the first film we're going to talk about briefly called The Big Blue, uh, very early on in life. Came out in 1988. It's a visually stunning film, considering that there's not a whole lot of special effects attached to it. And for what the plot is, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I've appreciated that each one of his films has a very distinct look um, and how each one kind of uh, goes into the next. Uh, We're also going to talk about some of his uh, complexities. Um, There's some allegations that that were flying around that that, that weren't so great uh, back in the late uh, 2018s. And um, also the fact that uh, he ended up having a baby with a 16-year-old when he was 32. So uh, we'll talk about a few fun things like that. I was literally just reading that whole uh, that whole like sentence, and as you were saying it, I'm like, I did not realize that. <laughs> that was news to me. It, so um, without further ado, uh, we'll talk about this gentleman. So uh, his early life, his parents were scuba divers at uh, Club Med. They were instructors. He had a, a, a childhood where he traveled around in France and Greece and Yugoslavia and Italy um, with his parents and, and scuba diving and whatnot. And then at 17, he ended up having a diving accident where he was unable to dive anymore. Um, and then came up with a couple of lists, figure out what he wanted to do with his life. And uh, apparently when you can't do anything else, you direct films. Right, Drew? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Also, his life sounds oddly like the plot of the movie Back to School. <laughs> you know, I've never thought of it, but yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so while he was he was going around with his family, um, he was starting to take notes about um, some of the things that he likes. And, and part of the reason I, I like what he does is, um, number one, I was, I was greatly influenced by um, a, a, a 
a foreign exchange student. Uh, my parents, uh, when I was a kid, we had a foreign exchange student come over from France. He would stay with us for about a month. And then he did that for several years. And then my parents saved up enough money to let me head over there, stay with him for a month. And then he came back with us for a month. Um, between all of that, uh, it, it's, it, I, I enjoy what he does because a lot of the, the movies that he, he makes like the fifth element are inspired by comic books. So it has a very European flair. It has a very unique look to it. When when you start looking at the movies through the lens of somebody who likes comic books, you can see it's almost like panels in a comic book, especially when you look at something like um, The Fifth Element, which is edited really well to where there's almost a specific cut and then something else happens, right? Um, but going back to The Big Blue. So The Big Blue is this, is this beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, about two friends growing up uh, in the south of France who are in this little town that um, that's uh, it, it, they go ahead and get sponges and things like that. It's a, it, it's a, it's a real small quaint town. Um, and it's two friends who like to dive and, and their parents dive for a living. Uh, they're constantly competing and the whole movie is about these two friends who are competing and the, the movie ends up following their career as professional free divers. If you don't know what a free diver is, it's basically holding your breath for a long time and going as deep as you possibly can. And so <laughs> that's the face that that's the exact face, Drew, right there. <laughs> a lot of spongers do that or, or former spongers. Well, and that's exactly what it is. So his parents, thank you. I, I couldn't think of the name. Uh, his, his parents in the movie were spongers. They, they would they would get that. They, you know, they go out there, they get the sponges and whatnot. So. In this movie, they're competing against each other to dive the deepest and go the furthest. But they're, they're competitors, but they're still friends. And there's not many movies out there that hit that same sort of tone where... And think about it. Like, every every other movie you watch, it's we're enemies because we're on opposite sides. In this particular movie, they're rivals, not enemies. And I always appreciated that because I feel like if you've got that person who helps push you who helps drive you to be a little bit better, you need that. And it ends up being that they both dive as deep as they possibly can. And um, ending's very interesting, but uh, in that movie, you start to see the look that he develops, which is this super saturated, um, beautiful look. And the feel is um, very, uh, it's very European. It's It's got a romance element to it, but just there's one scene that I remember in the pool where the, the two divers get drunk and they jump in the pool and they throw a chair in there and they pretend to drink champagne while they're like trying to compete with each other at the bottom of the pool to see who can hold their breath the longest. Um, just a beautiful movie. It is so hard to find in the United States. <laughs> if you're in France, you could probably find it all day long, but it's not on any streaming services. It's, it's, almost impossible to get the dvd at this point um but I, I would highly recommend it for anybody who would who's interested was there a like a a remake of it or like i like i i i may have watched this movie itself but like i remember something that has a very similar like thing to it not that I, i'm aware of I mean, they, you start to see some movies where there's rivals, but I, I don't know about this in particular. Because just by the premise alone, imagine the trailer where it's two people who are competitive freedivers, and you're like, no. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like it may it very well may have been this movie. I uh, it was just one of those ones from like I I remember watching it, but I don't remember watch like I don't remember certain aspects of it. But it could have very mm-hmm. well been this movie. It's been a long time, long time. It, it definitely had a, a it was a time and a place for sure. Um, so that that is why I love the Big Blue, and it, it kind of got me into into watching his movies. Um, the next one we're just going to go over really quickly. I'm not sure if you guys have seen it before, uh, but it's called La Femme Nikita. Um, action That's movie, very cool. Uh, Drew, I think your microphone died again. Son of a whore. No, it's oh. on. He's back. Uh, <laughs> even better. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen it before? I have I've, a long time ago. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. It didn't so, have it. Did it have Bridget Fonda in it? Or no, I'm thinking of a different movie. Um, so there was an American version that did. Okay. Um, La Femme Nikita is the French version. There, there was an American remake. Um, there was also a TV show that it ended yes. up inspired that ran for quite some time. La Femme Nikita starts his action version, you know, his move into action. Uh, it's basically a, a person who's a criminal ends up being recruited to become a, like an assassin in essence. Very cool movie. A lot of grit, a lot of style. And that's when you start to see the the saturated colors really come into play. Like there, there's these beautiful scenes that are really well lit um, with these cool shadows that are in the action sequence itself. And if you've never seen it, the original is, is fantastic. The remake's still really good, um, but the original is, is fantastic. Um the next one is the the one I really want to get to because I think uh I think the team has some thoughts on this one. Um uh Leon the Professional. Uh I personally love this movie. Um especially because the the said French foreign exchange student uh came over uh, around 1994 to 1996 and uh Anytime you had a badass French person, uh, he was all over it. And Leon the Professional has an absolute badass of a of a Frenchman in there. Um, I love this movie because I, I love the action. It was the first movie that really introduced me to Gary uh, Gary Oldman, who's one of my favorite actors. He's, if not my favorite, he's in my top five um, as a drugged out uh, narcotics detective, and a young, very very young Natalie Portman. And I, I just, I love this movie from start to finish because it has a very unique plot. Um, the characters are all broken. Um, and, and it's just, it's, it's, it's incredibly well done with the action. Um, it's just very unique. It's, it's not something you've seen before. And the last action sequence is incredible. Uh, what do you guys think, Drew? <laughs> uh, so I, I put this movie, I saw this movie when I was a kid. And I didn't remember a thing about it except for that um, it had Natalie Portman in it and what's his name, uh, Danny Aiello, and is his name Jean Reno or Renault or Jean Reno? I'm not well. I, I am part French, but I can't pronounce French shit. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I watched this movie and I I made it to the last 37 minutes, but watching this thing in 2023, it is. It's so cringe, as the kids would say, in some of the parts. Um, <laughs> I I kept having to shut it off because I'd be like, no, 
No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what? Give me, give me an example. Um, I don't know. Possibly the part where she goes to the hotel guy and calls Jean Renault her lover. <laughs> she's a fucking child. I mean, <laughs> well, she's and she's like trying to pick him up. Like that's how broken these kids are. Dude, like, I'm that's... saying, like, there's just like <laughs> watching it as an adult. I'm like, this is just a, a, a smidge creepy in some parts. And uh, every time it got like progressively creepier in my mind, I would shut it off for a while, and I just never got back to the last thirty seven minutes. <laughs> Um, full disclosure, I, I felt the same way. It is a very different feel <laughs> watching it when you're 14 and you're like, man, French guys are badass. Then when you're, you know, 42 or 43, how the hell am I? 43. And you're like, mm, I, I'm no. the same age as Leon. This, this yeah. isn't going to work. <laughs> I'm sure like if I went back and watched the movie, like kids, I would feel the same way. Like, you know, exactly. like that was a great movie when I was a kid, um, or, mm-hmm. you know, a teenager, but now I'd be like, wow, those kids are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so lay out the lay out the last 37 minutes of this movie to me. Can I just tell you where I left off and you can just fill it in? Yeah. OK, so he goes back to Danny Aiello and tell basically after he asked, like, if he had money somewhere yeah. and he goes back and tells him, like, hey, if something happens to me, I want Natalie Portman only he says her character's name. Um, I didn't think he would say some unknown actress, Natalie Portman, want, should have my money. But he, 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 was like, he said, I want Queen Amidala over here. Yeah, really? I want Queen Amidala to have my money. If, uh, you know, give it to the resistance uh, who's fighting the First Order and the clones. Uh, if anything should happen to me from there, go. Um, okay, so <laughs> you shut it off at the exact wrong moment. Like, at some point, you're going to... I told you to watch an action movie, and you were like, there's no action in this. And you went, I'm not watching it anymore. I'm Drew. Man. And then basically everything from that is an action movie. <laughs> so had I just hung in there and not gotten totally creeped out, the last 37 minutes would have been enjoyable? Correct, because uh, two things. One, you're you're well within your rights to creep, and I will be creeped out, and I will never ever judge you for that. Well, I'll, I'll <laughs> 100% judge you for that at some point, but I, right now I'm not going to judge you. But number two, nothing actually happens. Like we all understand that, right? Like, right. She just lost her family, and she's being a little weird. But nothing actually happens between them. We're on board with that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I obviously. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, what happens in the last 37 minutes? Um, did you see the part where uh, Natalie Portman's character, Matilda, uh, finds where the DEA agents are and goes to their office to kill them? No. Uh, she was kind of like following them in a cab around the time I shut it off. She gave the guy 100 bucks and told him to move his ass. But that, another thing, a child should not be demanding that an adult fucking move his ass in a cab. And also should not have a hundred dollar bill on her. It's nineteen ninety four. Why is she walking around with that kind of money? I she's also with a, a hitman for the mom. So it is true. All right. What you missed is she's following him around so that she can kill him. So literally she goes there as like to deliver food mm-hmm. with the intention of carry, killing Gary Oldman's character. And she stalks him into the men's room. He figures it out and then shuts her down. 
keeps her there. Gary Oldman figures out that he's in Little Italy somewhere. A message gets back to Leon, and Leon comes in and freaking kills everybody to get to her and steal her and bring her back to his apartment. When they get back to the apartment, Gary Oldman's character grabs whoever's left and calls in basically the SWAT team. And there's like, I don't know, every cop in New York shows up. And then it's this Frenchman basically just flat murdering everybody. Okay. You missed a lot. <laughs> so, all right. So let me, let me, let me just see what I got here. Queen Amidala follows Sirius Black from Harry Potter. Yeah. To a where a building and like tries a police to, precinct, yeah. She tries to pretend she's going to deliver food, um, but much like Jar Jar, fucks it up, and mm-hmm. he figures out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Be, you know, because he's a wizard, and um, he grabs her, kidnaps her, and somehow uh, Jean Reno or Reno or we haven't really determined how to pronounce that yet. Uh, gets wind of this in little Italy goes murders half a serious blacks crew takes queen Amidala back and then ends up murdering a bunch of police officers. Yes. There's no flaws in that logic at all. Okay. All right. Got it. Okay. <laughs> you, you're up to speed. Okay. Got it. Um, well worth watching. I, I would, I would invest the 37 minutes into going back and watching it. But please tell me when you do. Maybe we can watch it together. <laughs> oh, we can do a watch along. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Set up. A, I, I could set up the the screen in my backyard. We could all watch it outside. <laughs> or we could um, just pick I, a different movie. <laughs> yeah, we might have to move on from this. We'll watch the thirty-seven minutes of this one, and then yes. another movie. I mean, we okay, can watch um, the next movie in his filmography, and I'm I'm set. Oh, see, I well, I mean, that's that's. That is definitely one that we have to get to. But going back to this one, uh, first of all, your logic is completely flawless and perfect. Um, but I will tell you that I I love this movie because it is so different. It does make you feel uncomfortable. It, it does have a lot of action. I love the main character because he's this unusual hitman who doesn't know how to read, but they're not. He's not a sympathetic character. Throughout the whole movie, he's just not. Like, it, the movie starts with him murdering a bunch of people. It, he's, he is a true hitman, but he's he's still strong. He's still independent. But he, he cares about Matilda in, like, a uh, like a fatherly sense and not in, like, a fatherly sense you're going to go to jail. It's just, um, it's a very interesting movie. Different. Um, however, after further research, uh, our good friend uh, Luc Besson at the time, uh, was uh, with a woman, um, I guess you can call her a woman, uh, he was with a, uh, a a girl he started dating when he was 32, and she was 15, um, and she gave birth at 16, so uh, he was 33, and she was 16, so it makes it significantly creepier about Leon the Professional. Uh, so that's hard to deny. Um, but here we are. That's unusual. It is not normal. That's for sure. No, no, no. That's a, there's a lot of mess right there and and it makes it, um, 
harder for me to not be creeped out by it as well. But if we just look at the movie, the movie's great. <laughs> Had they just like clipped a few scenes out of this movie, it would have been much more enjoyable. I can see that like or there's got to be a way to show how broken Matilda is for her whole life, not just because her family was brutally murdered in front of her mm -hmm. um, than the way that she starts acting out. But I, I, I'm not here to judge other than I really enjoyed that movie. It was influential, um, not in the sense that it made me want to be attracted to young girls, um, but the fact that it was uh, had a very interesting lead character in Leon the Professional. So he was actually married to her during Leon the Professional. Yes. That's uh, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And keeping up with the trend of uh, marrying your lead actress, uh, which, by the way, that was the second time he married the, uh, an actress. Um, the third time uh, was with the 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 star of the fifth element uh which mm -hmm. is one of my favorite movies of all time so i i pulled a drew and i'm wearing my ruby rod i'm wearing my ruby rod radio <laughs> show <laughs> t-shirt today it's um, super green too it is super green um <laughs> on purpose you could order it in other colors but it had to be green and i don't even like the color green so um <laughs> interestingly enough his ex-wife wife the 16-year-old is also in the movie. Who is she in the movie? Yeah. She is uh, the opera singer. She's the she's diva. She's the opera singer? She's the diva. She's not the vocalist, but she's the actress in the... If I remember correctly. No way. Uh, All right. What's, what was her name? Her name was Maywin Labasco. Yeah. And she's blue, which ties it into the big blue. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. This... And she's an alien back to Queen Amidala. Yes, there we go. It all comes full circle <laughs> with the fifth element. By the way, starring 90210 star Luke Perry. For <laughs> like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but an so... action-packed five minutes. It's true. So uh, I don't know if you all have seen this movie. Uh, I'm going to make an assumption you haven't, and your life is is, is Missing lesser a piece. for it. Um, this movie is 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 a basically a sci-fi comic book, well edited action quirky movie. Like just all sorts of adjectives all at once. Um, in essence, there are. Not one, two, three, four elements that you're used to, but a fifth element. And that fifth element is going to stop a giant oil monster that's basically shaped like a planet, which comes into, or a moon, let's say, um, which comes in, be, becomes I, very important later. I think it started as a moon size and it grew as we were as they were attacking it and became planet size and actually bigger than Earth, if I remember correctly. Uh, roughly, yes. Yeah. So, uh <laughs> It stars Bruce Willis, again, Gary Oldman, a, another vehicle for him to enter his way into my brain and my heart, um, and uh, Mila Jovovich, uh, who Luke Besson ends up marrying again. So, hey, hot damn, good for him. Can I, um, can I come at this cast in a different way? Yeah, sure. 
So this movie stars Sirius Black, John McClane, <clears throat> Smokey from Friday, and <laughs> Dylan from 90210. Oh, and the chick from Dazed and Confused and Resident Evil. I don't know her character <laughs> name in either of those movies. I, I have no fault in that logic either. Um, so basically, there's the it's the movie starts uh, in the desert. And you've got these, this like 1914, it's these scientists that are trying to figure out what's going on with this pyramid type object thing. And then Aziz, all of a sudden, light. I, I, I mean, if you don't know the term Aziz light, it, 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 watch the movie. Um, and then a spaceship comes down and they come to collect the four stones. And then the fifth element, which is shaped like a person, um, like a sarcophagus type person, uh, and they take the fifth element, they go away, fast forward 300 years, and uh, we're in the future. And there's flying cars, and Bruce Willis is a taxi driver that somehow has this amazing, like, backstory that we we basically never talk about. Um, and then we have the fifth element, which is, a, um, a at the time, a very naked Mila Jovovich. Um, and then she gets wrapped up in some bands and has uh, super bright orange hair, because that's what fifth, fifth elements do. You've got Gary Oldman, which who has the dumbest Texas accent um, ever. Like it's just it's awful, and it I love every it, second yeah, of it. Yeah, it is the perfect accent for his character, and it is it, it's it's a perfect vehicle for Gary Oldman because it's such a stupid character, uh, Zorg, Zorg, who's this like CEO conglomerate guy, and he's got half his head shaved and a weird like plastic helmet thing on one half and super long hair on the other and he looks all stringy and gross and i i just i he chews the scenery in every every scene that he's in you know four stones four crates you know i just i i, I love every scene he's in anyway uh some hilarity ensues uh ruby rod comes in played by a just a chris tucker who went for it like the 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 person in this whole movie that does not give a shit is Bruce Willis. Like, I he, I don't even think he knew what movie he was in. But everybody else is like, we are gonna go for it. We are gonna go to eleven this entire movie. Every time I'm on the screen, I'm gonna shout and I'm gonna do something crazy. And Chris Tucker does it by far more than anybody else. Ruby Rod's out there. He's painting some Japanese girls. He's got like he, he he's got this giant penis on his forehead. Um, just the whole thing is is insane, um, and then they saved the world. So I would just say there's a there's there's definitely a lot to love here. Um, uh, being serious, I love the fact that it's it's basically watching a comic book. It is well, it, the the colors are saturated, the characters are are quirky and fun. Um, it's based loosely off of several different comic books that Luke Besson read as a child. So what definitely is it. One that mm -hmm. he ended up later making a movie of the Valerian. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's, that's basically what he did. He was like, I can't do Valerian, so I'll do this. And then he ended up doing Valerian. Well, and they, um, the nice thing that they do, like you're talking about the saturation and everything, but it looks a, a lot of it looks plastic. Like, uh, you know, like, mm -hmm. but to the, at the right levels, like even the clothing is reflective and you know, it's, or, or not like it's either really matte or really reflective and the backgrounds are gray and you know you don't have those dark colored backgrounds so it is very much like a comic book and shot like a comic book would be drawn that, to, that's a great that's a great example a great reference I, I was watching it again last night and um 
the the cops in this universe are basically judge dread like it's if you watch them you you look at the cops in their outfits they make no sense at all like just none and i'm not talking judge dread like the sylvester stallone like i am the law uh, judge dread it's a it's like just this weird too big with a giant light on your chest because that's you know why not um and if memory serves they actually brought in um designers to design all of the outfits for the entire movie um that's why everything's got this real unique look and flavor and and texture to it um drew what did you think did you actually did you watch this movie oh i've seen it many many times <laughs> i saw this in the theater it's first but i i think i had um uh, uh i think um day after thanksgiving this year it was one of my i my movies i bought on blu-ray so I ended up watching it recently within the last few months mm -hmm. and I hadn't seen it in many years. And of course I still enjoyed it. It's one of the, it was before Bruce Willis started making movies that weren't so good. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I enjoyed, uh, it was right up there with, I would say as far as Bruce Willis movies go, it's definitely in my top seven. I can see that. And Ricky, what's your what's your feeling for this movie? Um, I've probably seen this movie a hundred times, maybe. Um, I've seen it at least three times in the movie theaters when they do the re-releases for the anniversaries. <laughs> um, me and my college roommate used to sit uh, at least once a month and turn it on. The the three of us would sit on the couch and literally quote the movie as it was going on. Um, yeah, we also drank. Um, no, none of that was involved, but um, we definitely drank. <laughs> Um, and uh, got a little Luke Besson action going on. So, over there. um, no, I absolutely <laughs> love this movie. <laughs> this is the, when people ask me what movie, like I could just sit and watch it. Like if it's on, I will stop and watch it. And it, fifth element is that movie. Like I have a love for this movie that is, I don't even like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I will just sit and watch it. It is, it is that right level of B movie with great a movie like it's mm -hmm. it just fits in that perfect category where i will sit and laugh um i it's probably the most quoted movie in our house um just randomly um throughout the day like it is a very quotable movie there's lots of little lines in it that you know um like anytime something bad happens at work or whatever i i'm like you are fired <laughs> and, <laughs> um and then uh was, what was it uh no, sir, I'm a meat popsicle. You know, things like that. Um, chicken, good. Anytime I cook chicken. And, you know, it's it's just it, I really enjoy the movie. And I could talk about random shit dealing with this movie for hours at a time. And uh, last one Please went do. two hours. Well, our last podcast went two hours, two and a half hours, whatever it was. That may have been a little long. Uh, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we won't get to it later. That was a long episode, and I apologize for everybody I, who listened to I it. I <laughs> was much like Gary Oldman and Chris Tucker in this movie. I went for it last week. You did. <laughs> um, um, I, I do have a question for everybody. Uh, how do we think this movie holds up? Because I'm at an age now where a lot of the people on my team are young enough where they haven't seen any of these movies or like maybe they've heard of them so like they're in their 20s so this is not a movie that was ever in their wheelhouse their parents were maybe just slightly too old and like it's just it never was a thing the reason i ask is uh 
my wife and I watched it last night and she, I, I haven't watched it a whole lot and she, I don't think she's seen it in, in years, uh, if at all. And she was like, what are, th what the hell are we watching? You know, and, and does it hold up? Could we show it to somebody today in their teens or 20s and would it still hit them the same way it hit us? I think, I think anyone could be entertained by this movie. I mean, it's not like, like I'll go back and watch 80s movies sometimes that I used to watch as a kid and they're so fucking slow paced. I don't know how the hell I got through them. Mm. Um, this moves pretty fastly. It's what, an hour and two hours at best. So it's not like a fucking four hour Marvel Batman versus Superman dawn of stupidity. Um yeah, I, I like I said, I think it holds up like it's futuristic enough to where like, you know, we don't have half of the technology that's in there like Back to the Future 2 and you know, we're not catching up with those years anytime soon, so we can say that stuff's in our future. Well, I mean, Back to the Future 2 happened in 2015, so yeah. <laughs> so I'm aware of that. But before 2015, it didn't happen. Correct. Um, <laughs> no, I'm I, I'm probably biased because I do love this movie. Um, it is weird. It is strange. But I think in the best way possible. And anyone who will sit down and watch it will enjoy it. Like, it's I, I know very few people that go, oh, that was a shitty movie. You know, whether they've seen it or not, it's it's a good movie. It is definitely falls into that cult classic kind of feel, you know, the the. Like I said, the A B sci-fi movie, you know, area, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the movies that I love, like that I'll sit and watch, are in that same category. Like Demolition Man is another one that I'll just sit and watch. That one doesn't hold up as well, but well, it's because about all restaurants are Taco Bell now. <laughs> My favorite scene of Demolition Man is where he can't find toilet paper and it's the three <laughs> shells everywhere, shells. and so he goes over and curses out the machine that gives you a ticket every time you curse. Um, the, the reason I ask is I, I started thinking about this. I, I, I have a team that has never seen Jaws before. That throws me because Jaws might be one of the most perfect movies of all time. Like just not just the movie, but the story behind it. Like I want to have this the sci-fi epic, but everything I'm trying to do doesn't work. So let's just not show the shark until the end of the movie. Um and I'm curious about this one. Like it's, I think it'll be entertaining for everybody, but I, I'm, I'm curious if it had hit as hard. I think it's my not. Up, oh, go ahead. Good. Oh, I was gonna say, I think my the the reason for me that it holds up is the effects are still good. Like they did the miniature thing, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and they, they didn't do they didn't use 3D effects because they were there and available. You know, they did some 3D effects like the planet and things like that, but most of it are practical effects, and it. It, it still looks good. Like, there, you don't have those corny things. They used real explosions. They used real action. They, you know, stunt doubles, people actually flying all over the place. Um, the Real aliens. Uh, real aliens. Um, the makeup is well Underage done. Um, the, the makeup is, is well done and holds up even in HD, you know, in, in higher quality. Because um, you did have that back in the day where you, you'd look at it and the makeup would look good back then but nowadays mm -hmm. it would you know it's horrible um i think that's why i can sit and watch it i have a problem watching things like doctor who because of the graphics that they use in it and i know it's meant to be that way to to fit into the older style but i don't enjoy doctor who like a lot of people do because 
of the fact that the effects are corny looking and nothing in here is like screams at me as being corny, you know, or looking bad. I, I, I like where you're going with that. I, for me personally, I also, I, I think it could still hold up only because it, it hits a tone and it doesn't care. Right. Like a B movie. There's always that little, like even demolition man, it's quirky. Like there's little quirks and they know it's a B movie. It's written like a B movie. This one has a tone that they're trying to strike and they're like, I don't care. You could watch it or you could not watch it. I'm Luke Besson. I married this blue chick over here when she was 15. And it just strikes a tone and it does its whole thing. And it's it's just fascinating to me. I, I, I don't know if it'll translate properly, but it's got enough quirkiness. It's so fast. It's so fun. The action's pretty intelligent too um which by the way one of my favorite lines in the movie is anybody else want to negotiate i use that at work every once in a while and not one person has ever gotten it (laughs) so i'll ask this 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 will be kind of the you know does it hold up or not say this movie was made exactly the way it was made today and they showed you a trailer on tv and they were putting it in theaters would you watch that and be like, I'll go see that movie. I think Valerian is a good test case for that. Like Valerian by all rights is a pretty decent movie based off a really interesting IP. I've only seen it once. Like Mm -hmm. it it doesn't, it doesn't draw me in as much. And it might be because I have fifth element in my life. Right. Well, and I think that's part of it. I think, and Valerian was cast wrong. That's my problem with Valerian. Like it was not mm. like Fifth Element the cast the casting was almost perfect. Like there are very little things that I would, you know, casting wise that I would change in that movie. Where Valerian the main characters come off as flat. Like they they don't have like in Fifth Element like you were saying like everybody's over the top with the exception of Bruce Willis and then in Valerian it just doesn't happen. Like you, it's just that flat thing and yeah i i saw it once and i haven't seen it since but it's not saying i wouldn't watch it again it was just one of those ones where it came off as flat well and does valerian have the same like i i don't know any 16 year olds does valerian have the same following that like a fifth element does not in my house but that's how how old is this movie this movie came out in 97 no no valerian uh 2017 Uh, yeah, twenty fifteen, seventeen. Oh, so so this oh so it's a fairly new movie. Yes. Okay. All right. And the fact you don't know about it proves the point. Like, yeah, I have no fucking clue what it is. Um, also, was there room to add Nicolas Cage having a meltdown in this movie? Would it have been added <laughs> or taken away <laughs> from the picture? Him and Chris Tucker in that movie together, just fucking losing their shit together. The, the, so I started thinking about an imaginary recast for this movie. Like, what if they just remade this movie? And Nicolas Cage might be the perfect uh, match to replace for Zorg. Like, yeah. over the top, like, goes real, real quiet and shallow, and then all of a sudden starts screaming at nothing. That's That's the Nicolas Cage school of acting right there. So, interestingly enough, you know who they approached uh, other than Bruce Willis to play um, uh, Corbin Dallas? Mm-mm. John Travolta? No. 
Mel Gibson. It would have been a completely yeah. different movie. Holy crap. You think? I think so. Because Mel Gibson actually has a range. <laughs> well, but I mean, Bruce Willis kind <laughs> of does. But it, like he he was that I don't give a shit. Like he played the perfect I don't give a shit. Like, Have in, you seen the movie Payback? Yeah. Yeah. The that man could can work. deliver one-liners. The man but, does not give a shit in that movie. But wait a minute. It, th- that might be a director's choice, though. Like, think about every other character in this movie. They are crazy over the top. Even the priest is crazy. You know, Bilbo himself is over the top. Luke Besson's over there like, Bruce, you've got to do it for me. <laughs> Jesus, wine. And... And Bruce Willis is like, okay, we'll do one more take. And then literally his whole monologue is like, or his whole uh, acting in the movie is like when he's talking to Ruby Rod. Good. Bad. Yes. He's like that in every movie. Yeah. We love him for it. I'm not getting, don't get me wrong, but Mel Gibson, if Luke Besson's like, Mel, you've got to be crazy. And he's like, okay, here we go. And you got lethal weapon. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, it's it's interesting to see who like like thinking about who could have been cast or or and how the characters work. And I I don't want them to remake this movie. I I think it's needs to be just be left alone. Um, I'm happy that when they did the re-releases for 20 years and 25 years or whatever it was that they didn't go back and change the effects and clean this up or change that. They literally mm-hmm. went, here's the movie. Here's an interview with the director. Have fun. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your, hey, yeah. Drew, what's your favorite part of this movie? Um, I enjoy any of the interactions between Bruce Willis and Chris Tucker. Like that's <laughs> just yeah. Someone so annoyed by someone being so obnoxious is like one of those things that just will get me every time. <laughs> Ricky, how about you? Oh, that's honestly the the diva scene because it may be the perfect fight scene, like the perfectly choreographed to music fight scene to to mm. to appear in a movie. Like it's just. Between where they're cutting between them singing or her the diva singing and uh, uh, Lilu beating the shit out of the the aliens in the background and then like it that part right there is probably my 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 part that I I keep going back to. Did I, she uh, even have four lines in that movie? Who Mia? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, she did. Yeah. Not not a lot. I, she has some a of it was of, in other languages, or was in yeah. She has a monologue language. in the made up language they've got. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. But like most of it's like when she cooks the chicken and she's like chicken, good, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, big bada boom, <laughs> big bada boom. <laughs> when she falls into the taxi, um, yeah, it's all like little. There's not a lot to it. And um, I guess at the end when she's crying and she's dying and yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you have just as much love in your heart for that part as you do for the rest of it. Yes. Well, Um, I I, I mean, it's, it's good. There's a lot of good scenes in the whole movie. Like, look, it's, it's, it's a Sophie's choice for sure. But um, 
I'll tell you, my favorite is I like the scene where uh, Gary Oldman's negotiating with the, the the guys for the the crates and for the stones, and I just I love the scene because Gary Oldman goes low and then way high and then way back low and then there's this there's this one scene where he's at the very end where he's like, you know what a real warrior would have done? He would ask what the little red button does, does. at the bottom of the yeah. gun, and then everybody explodes like. There's, I, I know you shouldn't take this away from it and like want him to kind of be your hero, but I like how he negotiates. Um, that's that is my favorite scene, and I think my second favorite scene, and it's so quick, is the one I referenced before, where it's uh, Corbin's outside of the of the captain's quarters, and he he's like, you want you want me to take over? You you want me to negotiate? And, and he walks in and shoots the guy in the head, and he's like, anybody else want to negotiate? I I don't know why. I just I love that scene. Like the whole room is yellow. It's the, the colors are great. Everything just works. And, and the yeah, the the sailor that's there is just like I mean, he's shivering. You know, it's yeah, it's. Oh, and then the president's like, I wonder where he learned that. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, can we reference the fact that uh, Tommy Tiny uh, Lister Jr. is the president in this movie? Oh, God, I forgot Debo was the president when I <laughs> made, my, made my list of people who were in this movie. Shit. I. Think about that for a minute. Like, you took the guy from Friday, and you're like, he's going to be the president in this movie. And and everybody's standing around drunk on red wine. They're like, are you are you serious? <laughs> no. It's going to happen. Uh yeah i anything else on this one i i I love this movie yeah i mean uh, i could i could like i said i could talk for hours on it because i i've sat and watched it i've like i can't say i've analyzed it because i don't think i've ever analyzed it just because i like it's a movie that i just go and i enjoy to watch like it's it's dumb i don't have to think a lot about it um but it's got everything that i want in a random sci-fi action movie like it's for me it's the perfect i'm just gonna watch this movie you know what 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 do i have okay i'm gonna you know this one i'll turn on i've got probably 10 movies that i'll i'll turn on and i could just watch and not think twice about it so and it's probably number one can i can i can i quote someone that once spoke about top rope wrestling podcast who called our podcast easily digestible would you say that movie is easily digestible it is very easily digestible thank you tom stout of the pw torch do you have that like tattooed on your arm or something no, I just it stuck with because I never thought of anything I do being easily digestible. Well, and it's funny because the guy's like legit, like professional, like works for one of the biggest wrestling rags on the planet and would, you know, and, and called our uh, like apparently listened to our podcast regularly. Like it wasn't even like a like I drew reached out to him and it was like, hey, yeah, I'll do it. And yeah, it was it was a good time. <laughs> First time um, I felt like I was actually doing something well. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're e- easily digestible. Apparently, <laughs> that's what she said. Oh. <laughs> that's what she said. Um, the the last thing I'd say about it is, uh, if anybody likes movie making, um, I appreciate it from a technical standpoint. I think the editing in this movie is is beautiful. Ricky commented on the on the fight scene before, and the the edits between the the singing and Corbin being all emotional watching him and then the fight scene that's happening in, in the diva suite 
And then that whole scene where there's all this other stuff happening, Gary Oldman's character is also coming in and it's not sharing a scene with anybody at all, but chewing the hell out of it. Grabs the case he thinks has the stones, goes back to the ship, flies away, realizes he doesn't have it. They re- the heroes realize that they they do have it. He comes back and they like they cross in the elevator. Just the whole thing is really well timed to to keep it going quickly, but still be wildly entertaining. Like I just I I, I love how much thought and and love was poured in this movie. So I was just reading and I didn't realize this. Did you realize that this at the time that it was shot was the costliest European movie to ever be made? I did not. No. Yeah. Apparently it, it was a $90 million budget. It made $263 million in, at the box office. So it definitely made money. And Bruce Willis took up $50 million of that with his salary. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Um. It's worth every penny. I, I've bought this on... I've seen it in a the movie theater multiple times. I have bought it on VHS. I've bought it on DVD. I've bought it on Blu-ray. And I've bought it on digital. So I've I've pumped enough money into this movie already. Um. Yeah, I, it's it's really interesting. Like, if you go and look through, like, the numbers and, and like, how much this cost, how much that cost, and... Um, like apparently, uh, a single jacket for the film was five thousand dollars. Holy crap! Really? Yeah, it doesn't say which jacket, but um, yeah, it was a five. He had to do nine hundred costumes. God bless. Well, Chris Tucker's little uh, the the outfits he was wearing, his gowns, were probably expensive. Oh yeah, yeah I'm sure, no doubt. They were fur and everything else. So yeah, I'd, um. So, yeah. long story short, if you haven't seen the movie, just go watch the goddamn movie. Um, I I don't necessarily want to go through all of Luc Besson's uh, other movies. Uh, we'll we'll plow through these pretty quickly. Uh, the Messenger, if you've never seen it, don't bother. Uh, Taken, you know, yes. you've got a very particular set of skills. See the shit out of that movie. It, that is a movie like. Yeah, I think younger people would enjoy too because you know, old fifty-eight-year-old at the time Liam Neeson definitely connects to the youth of America. <laughs> well, he has a very particular set of skills. Yeah. So well, he's a Jedi Master, so I, that, that'll do it. Which brings us right back to our print Queen Amidala. Um He has a lot of French movies. Watch it if you want. <laughs> I guess. Um, he has one movie that's not bad called The Family that came out in 2013 uh, with, um, uh, what is it, Robert De Niro, Michelle Pfeiffer, Tommy Lee Jones. Um, it's not terrible. It's a black comedy crime film. Watch it. Don't watch it. I don't really care. Um, have you guys seen Lucy? I enjoyed Lucy. I saw it. I don't think I've actually seen it. I have okay. seen The Family. I have thoughts on Lucy. I, I can I, I can spend a couple minutes talking about this if you're interested. Sure. I mean, it, it's been a, lo- a while since I've seen it, but it was uh, I I enjoyed it. It was weird. Um, yeah. So, I like the idea of this movie, but I hate this movie. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I Ricky's known me for quite some time. I am cool if you want to do science and you want to do over the top, right? 
If you want to do like over the top, doesn't make sense. Avenger style science, I am all day on board with it. If you want to do real science, like, a, um, let's see, what's a good one? Um, Deep Impact, right? Real science. They, they took a lot of care and in, 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 uh, thought into what would have to happen if, if an asteroid is heading towards Earth, or in that case, a comet. Um, this movie tries to use real science and makes uh, a lot of choices that I disagree with <laughs> because it's like a drug runner. There's a drug that can make you use uh, more than 10% of your brain, which, by the way, if you only use 10% of your brain, you're brain dead. Um, and it can make you use 100% of your brain. Now she's got that big brain energy and she has the ability to like basically change the, the, the world. I have a hard time getting over that. Um, I, I don't know if I can articulate it properly, but that bothers me through the whole movie. I could see it. Like if you're if you're going for a legitimate like, whatever. I I am interested in your uh, y- your deep impact. I mean, I understand that they it definitely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, deep impact. They they definitely spent a lot of, of time and effort, more time and effort on that than they did in um, the Bruce Willis movie and Armageddon. Yeah. Um, but it, I wish they would have taken some of that time and put it into the effects work. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Agreed. It, no, we, Deep Impact is not a great movie. Don't get me wrong. There's still, and it's slow. Like it's so slow. Yes. But it, when it comes to sciencey stuff, it, you either, in my mind, you either go over the top and don't take yourself too seriously, or you take yourself very, very seriously. Like Armageddon, over the top. You're not taking yourself seriously. There's, there's no gravity on an asteroid. Sorry. Like there's hardly any, and they're just walking around like it's okay. Who cares? deep impact they take themselves very very seriously but it made a much more boring movie um i'm okay with either one of those living on their own this movie tries to do both and it bothers me to my core for some reason (laughs) so interesting little fact about this one so it was budgeted 40 million dollars like the the budget was 40 million dollars and made 469 million dollars nice i i know Hey, look, I'm probably the only person in the world who has a problem with this freaking movie. <laughs> well, you're what not. What is the difference between this movie and Limitless? Uh, ah, okay. So that is the perfect example of what I'm talking about. Limitless is basically you taking um, uh, what are those pills that that Adderall? It's basically you taking like a whole shitload of Adderall and you can hyper focus. Right. That's limitless. This movie is like you accidentally ingest a drug and you become a supercomputer that can alter reality. Yeah, I'm not I'm not on board with that one. I'm cool with limitless and and maybe it's just me. Limitless. Yes. Lucy. No. So funny that you mentioned that, though, because one of the last lines in or on Wikipedia is many critics found the plot nonsensical, especially its focus on the 10% of the brain myth uh, and resulting abilities. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You are not the I am only not one. alone in the universe. I don't I think I took it. For, I don't think I took any of it for face value. And I just kind of went into it and was like, ah, I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. Well, the, I guess that's it. Like the reality is, is if you can just sink into the movie, it's not a bad movie. There's action sequences that are pretty good in it, and it's it's fun. There's there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Scarlett Johansson is a great actress. Morgan Freeman, I mean, he's literally God. So I mean, he's Morgan Freeman. But I just I can't with this movie. I can't do it. 
it's funny. I think that's why like I'm such a Star Trek fan is because it makes sense. Like everything that they they put thought into everything, even though it doesn't exist or whatever. Every last piece always like somebody went and get and did some research and was like, okay, this could happen or this could be a piece or whatever. And so it's sensical. Like it it, it could happen. That's a perfect example too. It's a it's based in some sort of reality, like like an Arthur C. Clarke perfect example of a of of what i'm talking about science right science fiction but grounded in science like mostly science with a side of fiction or you can have mostly fiction with a side of science or you try to do this which is some sort of like science fiction spaghetti and it doesn't work it feels weird it it makes me feel gross what was that movie where they implanted a chip in the guy's like spinal cord and he became a ser- uh, a killer but he was controlled uh was it reboot or something like that or reboot yeah yeah <laughs> it was like in the base of his spine or something yeah. and it was yeah it, it controlled his motor function but he like somebody could send it a command and it would go killing people <laughs> you would have a better shot of me re-watching universal soldier from the 1990s a hundred times than having me re-watch lucy again good to know I will not watch make you watch Lucy. Thank you. Because I really don't want to watch that movie a hundred times either. Drew, do you have thoughts? Uh, no, I haven't seen the movie. And uh, I, <laughs> I, based on your recommendation, I probably will keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it made $469 nice, uh, dollars. They're million dollars. So, like, it's, it's somebody liked it. Yeah, a lot of people were bored on a Friday night and went to the movies and were like, this fucking sucks. Yeah, I don't think anybody's getting uh, a Lucy quote tattooed on their ass anytime soon. No. Um, I guess I'm getting that removed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the last one that we care at all about is... um, is Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. We referenced it before. Came out in 2017. Um, again, this one's actually not a bad movie. It's just... It 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 tries to be another version of Fifth Element. Um, it's based off of a cool IP um, of the same name. And it's just... I don't know. It's kind of boring. It, it, there's not a lot to it. Um, I like Dean DeHaan or Dane DeHaan. I, I think he's a great actor. Uh, uh, that movie, um, what's the movie that he got famous for? The, the like found footage uh, superhero movie. Oh, um, no, that wasn't what I was thinking. Found footage superhero movie or Chronicle? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, great movie. Absolutely great. And he's a. I think he's a very good actor. Um, Cara Devine, in her own right, is a is a great actress. Clive Owen's a great actor. Rihanna's in this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Ethan Hawke's in it. Like it's it, it has the the like it has the pieces. Um, it, it's kind of like trying to make gumbo. Uh, it didn't work. You know, it's, it's, this one's bad. Um, you can watch it. It's cool. There's a couple cool scenes. There's a couple really interesting things. They, I, I don't know if you remember the movie at all, Ricky, but there's one scene that I like that's um, it's an invisible marketplace or like an interdimensional marketplace. So they go out to this giant like desert 
and there's nothing there and they have to put on these special goggles and then they can start to see the marketplace throughout and interact with it. Um, there's like a gun that, that lets him do little like things. I mean, it's, I remember when they get like transported, like randomly transported to a desert through like the portals that they have. And mm, mm-hmm. like, I, I remember little things from it, but I'm like, um, I, yeah, it, it's interesting just because like I don't I haven't gone back and and looked at it but I mean I remember it being a really pretty movie. Like every like mm-hmm. obviously it's blown out like very saturated in colors and stuff like that. But I remember even the sets and the digital digital sets and and everything being really pretty and I think Weta did it um if I remember correctly. Um like Weta and ILM so they had like massive um like large groups that that are good at doing exactly that uh you know creating beautiful movies and it's the cool thing about probably the coolest thing about it is the the concept of where where it's at and again this is based off of an intellectual property that it's a great comic book series but it's all in french and the translation doesn't hold up too well but the the idea is it's the city in space that's just an amalgam of different like habitats for different types of aliens. That's why it's called Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets because it's it's different habitats all the way throughout. So in the action sequence, they run from one habitat to another and that's kind of cool and I do appreciate it when there's more than one type of alien in a movie. It That does bother me in any movie we're watching. If it's one type of alien, that's the only one that exists of its kind. Star Wars does it all the freaking time. That doesn't, doesn't make any goddamn sense. Well, and I think... It- I could be wrong, but if I, I the reason like it, part of it was the IP for Valerian to do Fifth Element, but one of the reasons he didn't do Valerian in the first place was the technology could like there's so many different types of aliens that he couldn't reproduce that many types of aliens for a budget for the budget that he had. So sure. he had to stick with one. Basically, I mean, there's three aliens and in in Fifth Element, like three alien races that are represented highly represented in the movie um but everybody else you know is human for the most part or you know close to human but that's that's one of the reasons i i like it though like in in fifth element you've got three distinct races and multiple multiple versions of that that race yes right i like that i i I like that what bothers me about star wars is you've got you've got a hundred different races with cool awesome visuals but you only got one of each one and a thousand humans. So I was like, just re- I was reading through the the production notes or whatever on uh, on Valerian, and apparently uh, Basan actually f- hired the uh, illustrator that did Valerian to work on Fifth Element with him. Oh. It says <laughs> it's uh, why are you do- and the the uh, uh, Jean Claude Mezier maybe, um, but he a- uh, he asked uh, Basan. Uh, why are you doing this shitty film? Why don't you do Valerian? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a very French thing to say. Yeah. Um, so that's Valerian. That's uh, that's that's all the important stuff uh, related directly to movies about Luc Besson. Um, the last thing was uh, while he was on Valerian, he was uh, accused of uh, uh, of. I believe it was rape. Was it rape? Yeah. 
Yeah. He was accused of rape. He's been uh, he's been found innocent of all charges, but um, he also did marry a 15-year-old. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. But none of that should take away from the fact that lots and lots of people worked on these amazing movies, um, except for Lucy. Fuck that movie. Um, and you should go watch them. If you can find The Big Blue, seriously, it's a, it's a hidden gem for me. Um, it's, it's not one that you're going to, it's not one that's going to change your life, but it is one that might change your mind. Okay. Uh, only because it's, I just, I love the fact that they're friends and rivals and they drive each other to be better the entire way. And there are some movies like that, that, that keep it going. Um, like that push that, but I, I like that idea and it does it in a really good way. And for me, it hit at a time in a place where I needed that because it, it's good to see that you can have rivals without having enemies. Yeah. I could see that. Final I, thoughts on Luke Besson. I mean, I enjoy his style. I enjoy his. I, I've enjoyed most of the movies that I've watched that he's done. Um, I his personal life has some issues, but uh, yeah, um, he's been married four times. I think five times. It is indeed four. So, uh, is he currently married? I think actually, I think he is. Yeah, I think so. I think so he's the. Been- the, the producer lady. Mm-hmm. Have you seen... Or is that movie out yet? What's that? Dogman. Oh, it just came uh, out. It just came out, yeah. At the Venice Film Festival. I have no idea what and it's I about, so... have not seen it. Drew, what do you think? Final thoughts? Um, Fifth Element, badass. Taken, badass. Leon, the professional. Ew, there. <laughs> you haven't watched the last 37 minutes. Watch it and then get back. To First me. hour and 40 minutes of this movie is questionable shit going on there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Um, Luke Besson complicated person who's made some one absolutely amazing film and a couple of good ones and with luke perry with luke perry yes with luke perry (laughs) r.i.p um yeah so i guess i can talk about my episode coming up next oh god (laughs) i i think this one will actually be interesting really what are we doing we're gonna go to a brewery and we're gonna (gasps) talk to the brewer Oh, we're going to interview the brewer. Oh, yeah. He's going to be on the podcast with us. Okay. I didn't know if we were just doing an episode at the brewery. No, we are going to, we are going to be talking about uh, microbrews and microbrewing and and uh, probably tasting some delicious beverages uh, while we are at Rock Pit Brewing. I have a question about this. Yes. Are we recording there or are we like... Basically, are we putting headphones on and talking to ourselves, or is there going to be like 
speakers and people listening to us. I mean, I was there's just gonna... no fucking way we're gonna have speakers and people listening to us. No, I, okay, we are right. we are going to be we'll be recording in a corner somewhere. The, he's got a nice little okay, area right. we can can cordon off this, or whatever. Have you so listened to this need... show? God bless you, people, for listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I, I talked to Chris. Uh, we've been emailing back and forth, just trying to set up a time. Uh, sometime next month to record. Um, so yeah, we should be all set there, and it'll be a a good time. I'm excited about it. It's going to be our first meetup, and all of our fan can come with them as well. So, well, and funny enough, it'll be the first time that we've recorded in the same room. <laughs> yes. Hell, it'll be the first time I get to meet Drew. Yeah, you've never met. Oh, Drew. You, are you are you going to the wrestling thing Sunday? Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to because I'll be in Tallahassee. Boo! Screw Tallahassee. Oh, I will yeah, be yeah, watching the away. best team in America beat the hell out of the Orange Men, which you want to talk about racist and, and complicated past, Syracuse. I'm watching you. Your mascot's not some big fat citrus fruit. Your mascot was an Orange Man, and I know what that means. Mm-hmm. It means Native Americans, like, but like in a really racist way. I, I'm I'm aware. Uh, Drew looks confused that, as shit. That got weird very quickly. That's what <laughs> happened. Hey, I didn't make it up. I didn't make the history. I just read the history. Um, Put that so, on the shirt. So both of my in-laws are Q's grads. So. <laughs> it's all right. Not everybody's perfect. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I'll be, I will be up there having fun. Got it. Well, if you and happen then, to Rick, make it back still in going? time. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'm still uh, going. Okay, cool. cool. Uh, also, uh, Rick, I'll, I'll follow up with you later, but I'll be uh, hooking up with uh, one of uh, my dear friends that I've known since uh, elementary school um, in Jacksonville. So Ah, okay. On Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, I just, I saw that news too, so. Yeah, they, we've been talking a lot, so we'll be up there on Sunday. Got it. Um, so yeah, that, so, uh, I'm, I'm excited what kind of, not excited what kind of numbers it. did we do last week? Oh, we're, we're going to do this. Sorry. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're going to do this every fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> These cause we're rivals. We're not enemies. Yeah. Uh, let me, I'm, I'm going to say up. we got in the twenties. I'm going to say I brought us to the highest of highs. I'm going to say this time I brought us to the lowest of lows. Can we see additional metadata? Like we see downloads, but can we see how many people listened and like do a total? Like to, to see the, well, I guarantee Here, here's what one I'd like person to made it. Yeah. It did one person make it all the way through that episode. There's no way. Yes. You're talking to him right now. You don't count. <laughs> We, the computer, the algorithm doesn't know that I'm on the show. We should do this. Every three episodes, we have a gentleman's, gentleman's bet if we can do this. All right? We take the average amount of time listened, if we can see that. Right? I don't uh, think we can see how much time, the, the listen time. All I, can uh, see is list, all I can see is downloads. Damn it. If we can get that metadata, that's what I'm looking for. If we can get the average amount of time that was listened, right? Per episode, like let's say it's a two-hour episode on Nick Cage, for instance, but people only listened for sixty minutes and then tapped out. Times the number of people who downloaded. Um, every three months, we have a gentleman's bet. So, I hate to say this, Drew now has our top two 
downloaded episodes. Oh shit! Seriously? Not only that, We're... that was the most downloaded episode that we have had. What? What was it? What was it? Eighty-six. Oh, <laughs> by a mile too. Yeah. Holy crap! Thirty-three more downloads than the la- than the the next highest, which was also Drew. <laughs> That's like a what? Like a seventy-five percent increase. Yeah, he's got 35, or between the two of them, he has 76, 77% uh, of all our listens. You be- <laughs> it, it has to be based off a title alone. If you don't name this something about the fifth element so we can try to juice those numbers, I, I'm, I'm he, he did have, actually, I don't know if it's necessarily the title per se, but he did have a better description on that one than he than we've had in the past. So I, I'm working on getting better descriptions, um, and so we'll... Um, because I, I kind of have a, an idea of a name for this episode. Do you want to share it Luke with the group? We, we can. No, no. It is going to be Uncle Luke Basson. Oh. <laughs> no. No? That is no. right on par with the whole movie, Leon the Professor. <laughs> <laughs> um, what episode I, we could be lukewarm. I don't know. All right, what episode number are we on? Uh, this is episode six. Ah, damn it. The sixth element. Oh, By the way, I was, I was very happy to realize that I do not have to do a Christmas episode because technically I am the December episode, but it will not be dropped until after Christmas. Correct. We could call no, it multi-pass. True. Multi-pass. <laughs> multi-pass. Um, yeah, so uh, anything you guys want to plug? Uh, this comes out at the end of the month, so um, it, when that comes out, I will actually be on my way to jump on a cruise ship in Miami. Okay. Um, I'll plug the fact that now is a great time to go to buy a new home. Uh, if you're in the market for one, uh, please reach, download this episode. Um, ignore the fact that I work for a home builder. Uh, just go buy a new home, please. Uh, it's it's a great time. I, I can assure you that there's at least one uh, large production home builder in town who's building the best homes in the market. Uh, and I can assure you of that because uh, my team is... My Orlando division has the highest metrics in the entire southeastern United States. So I'll take that to the bank. I'm very proud of that. I've told everybody that will listen. So... Now you and, 88 uh, people can hear that as well. While you are in that home, if you're looking for something to watch, make sure to check out Strange Luck, The Tale of Bill Black. Listen, available folks. Available on Tubi. Strange Luck, The Tale of Blue, Bill Black <laughs> it was probably the most influential movie of my entire lifetime. Um, and, and, and it has a lot to do with the fact that I've never seen it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the directing alone... And the writing is is amazing. I mean, some people would call it subpar, but those people are idiots. Really, what you want to do is you want to download it, you want to buy it, you want to get it at any of your local retailers. Will you be selling DVD copies? Absolutely not. Is there a Blu-ray version? There is not a Blu-ray version. It is digital only. Can I get it on beta? I um, Yes, I will make beta. Betamax copies of it. Uh, let me tell you what this movie does not have. Uh, creepy interactions between a small child and an old man. Um, 
<laughs> Jason's dead. <laughs> um, but it does have I can get, an old man and his pen and paper. It does feature an old man um, talking about his life. Like the Wonder Years. It's like the Wonder Years of movies about comic books. And there's no Winnie Cooper or Paul Pfeiffer or Giovanni Rabusi or um, the dad who was pretty funny. I can't remember his name. Uh, or Daniel Stern's not narrating the movie. Cliff from Cliff's Books narrates it. Um, so, yeah, it's basically the Wonder Years minus everything that made the Wonder Years the Wonder Years. But it's an old man talking about his life. Did we completely skip Fred Savage in that whole like missing? Because he could be in the you movie. Did. Fred Savage or- is in Strange Luck, the Tale of Bill Black in spirit. Uh, <laughs> when I was shooting it, I was like, this would be awesome if Fred Savage was here. I thought that one time and then never followed up on it. Got it. <laughs> so, folks, in case you missed that, um, Bill Black uh, the Tale of Two Cities is exactly like the Wonder Years, except it's not like the Wonder Years at all. Um, in that we all learn a valuable lesson at the end of it, uh, which is we love it and, and it's life changing and you're going to love it, too. So go have Jason and his crew build you a house and purchase a television with a Roku and download Strange Luck, the Tale of Bill Black in your brand new home. Built by the, did you say you guys are the number one builders in Florida? My team is the number one team in all of the southeastern United States. That's, are you an award-winning team? Like, are you the 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 Southeast Builders Division Awards for Excellence in Building? Did you guys full, win that? Full disclosure, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm putting that out there into the world as often as possible so that some awards <laughs> will, oddly enough, like the building industry is, is um, uh, it's Cut pretty throat. small. It's, it's not cutthroat. It's more like, especially when it comes to awards, they just tend to like give them out to the person who talks about it the most. So here I am talking about it on our podcast at, uh, what are we, about an hour and a half in? Yep, hour 18. So I'm yes. sure the Greater Orlando Building Department will listen to this and, and be inspired to give us a award. And just understand, if this was last month's episode, at, at one hour and 18 minutes, we would still have over an hour left of show. <laughs> <laughs> I think at one hour and 18 minutes, we were still talking about, uh, like, leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something. Your 15 to 30 minutes that you went off about Willy's Wonderland, though, was was the best part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys have any uh, Halloween plans? Don't get murdered by a mummy good plan that's a that's a good start um we actually did most of ours already we did um halloween horror nights which was fun and crowded as hell um and we did uh, mickey's not so scary last friday nice how about yourself what oh i'm going on a cruise for halloween adults only virgin cruise which will be a lot of fun which is where the coins came in Mm -hmm. um we talked about those earlier not in the episode though um but so I, I have there's three costumed events and I guess I can talk about it. Like I'm hiding. Or I People keep asking me what my costumes are going to be. And uh, it's going to be completely embarrassing. 
Um, I, I mean, not embarrassing for me because that's hard to do. But I feel as if there's going to be people who are going to feel embarrassed for me. I mean, we already do, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the first time they, they do a PJ party, a pajama party on the first night upstairs, they have so e every P. every got it. Yes, pajama. Um, and uh, Jammy jam. and they do. Uh, so everybody wears pajamas, and they're all levels of pajamas from onesies to almost nothings. Um, and so. Ruth and I are doing couples costumes, for, and it's a whole like miscommunication theme. Um, hold on, oh, I, I I need to know what is uh, what's going on there. Jason Ooh, the had to run. Closed. Maybe uh, he probably had to pee. I wonder if he had to use the bathroom. I don't want to. I don't want to break the news while uh, while he's gone. Is that a Santa Claus outfit hanging up behind his like on the? It certainly does look like it. <laughs> I don't know. That definitely looks like Santa well, Claus. Well, we are definitely going to find out as soon as he returns. It's either I'll Santa Claus or Moses. Like that's a that is a a, a question that I now have. <laughs> well, well, while we're waiting, I'll tell you what I'm dressing up for for work this year. I will be a magician. You're doing you're going as a magician? Yeah, I went as Clark Kent last year and it was pretty much I mean, it wasn't like the biggest hit there, but, you know, it went over very well. I don't work like I don't get I didn't get to dress up really last year outside. Of, like I threw on a onesie. Um, yeah. Oh, here he comes. What Are you a banana split? Is what is that? Is that a banana? Are you to a banana? Stewie, to quote Stewie Griffin, what the deuce? How do you like it, guys? I'm trying to figure out what it is. Actually, uh, we're more interested in something else. Yes, we are. That we noticed when you got up. Is there a Santa suit behind you? <laughs> That's one of my other costumes. <laughs> wow. That okay. fucking laugh, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yeah. So this is my corn on the cob costume that I'll be wearing on uh, uh, Halloween. To work? Uh, yeah, to work. Uh, because, because of the obvious name association. Um, the Santa costume, um, you have to understand, I might have had a couple of drinks before I went on Amazon looking for a costume, um, before I bought the $20 corn costume, and I found that Santa costume for $40 on Amazon, and it's the most intricate costume you'll ever find. It's made of, like, velvet and, and like, little baby rabbit fur. It's amazing. If you put on your corn costume a sticker that says hello my name is jonathan davis i will be, be the best <laughs> i was literally just i so i was i was going to i was going to say you need to carry a bluetooth speaker with you and play freak on a leash every time you walk into a room <laughs> um yeah so the first night we're the whole theme is miscommunication um that we're going for for our couple's costume so the first night i'm going as um Hugh Hefner, and she's going as Bugs Bunny. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and then the second uh, for the night before Halloween, um, I'm going as Jessica Rabbit, and she's going as, uh, um, yeah, uh, what was it? Uh, Roger Rabbit. So I'm going, like, I've got the full, like, sequins, red dress and makeup and hair. Oh, it's going to be You're going to be so pretty. Um, and then the, the last night, um, she's going as Chip. 
And I am going as Chris Farley dressed as Chip and Dale's. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's great. So, um, but yeah, that everybody's been asking what our costumes are. And I'm like, and I, I don't think I'll win best or will win best costume, but best costume on Halloween does um, get a free cruise. So, oh, holy cow. I yeah. wish you the best of luck. I, I wouldn't mind winning that if that were the case. So you might want to borrow the Santa outfit. <laughs> Dude, that Santa outfit's legit. I'm telling you, like it came with like boot cover, like leather boot covers for all oh, for forty bucks. Uh, I don't know what it is, what the deal is. Um, did I tell you guys that like Jen and I like dressing up for Halloween though? Oh, we do too. I like. I'm. It's I, a thing. I have like a box of costumes. I don't. It doesn't need to be Halloween. I will randomly dress up to make people laugh. Like I am all for it. So we went to Mickey's Not So Scary, and it was us and um, another couple friend of ours, and we went as holidays. Um, so here, let me send you this. We went. Uh, Jen went as Dia de los Muertos, and I went as Mardi Gras uh, because they won't allow you to uh, to wear masks and whatnot. And so, like, we both did some face painting, and we did all that. And then our friends went as Arbor Day and St. Patrick's Day. I just texted you guys the group. Um, have you seen um, the? Uh, actually, it was from Disney. Um, the for the uh, not so scary, um, the Spaceballs costumes. No. Oh my god! I'll, I'll see if I can find them. Um, but there was two people who went as the stunt doubles from Spaceballs. That's awesome. Oh, nice. Um, I'm, yeah. Let me see if I can find. It is. I'll, I'll have to look it up. It was in one of the Disney groups or or one of the things I was at, and it was absolutely amazing. It was it was one of the most creative costumes that I could have. Like I'm like, I, I like I looked at it. I was like, oh, spa- oh my god, it's the stunt doubles. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so, texting you guys what we did last year too. Which last year my makeup was way more intricate. Whoa. So I didn't have a theme. I, I just went into uh, like a, one of the spirit Halloweens and found uh, this cool overcoat thing that I thought was kind of neat. And then I developed a weird skeleton mask thing around it. Um, well, I guess yeah. we should we, we we can let everybody like we're probably boring people. Yeah, no, this is great podcasting. You guys are yeah. probably really enjoying it. So, we, so uh, question real quick before we go, Rick, since you like to dress up for Halloween and Sunday is uh, hollow. Was it Halloween fights or whatever? Yes. at Mayhem on Mills. Are you going to costume up? Uh, do you want me to? Because I can. Yes, absolutely. I do. Uh, how hot is it going to be outside? It's inside, right? No, it's at a brewery. I think it's outside. Oh. Still, do you know they're having a podcast there? I was kind of insulted. Are they really? Yeah, what? I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the, um, what's that guy? The guy that I saw at SmackDown with the fur coat and the mullet. That oh, like yeah. Tiger King. He's doing a podcast with Teddy Stigma there. Oh, got it. Teddy Stigma. Yeah, it's at Sidewards, so I don't think there's not enough room to go inside of Sidewards to do. No, Sidewards is very narrow. 
Yeah, like that's and it's gonna be loud. Well, no, they'll, it'll be outside. They they set they'll set up in the parking lot. That's okay. what they yeah. used to do. It's uh, that's actually what made Mayhem on Mills Mayhem on Mills was they used to do it at Will's Pub in the parking lot next to Will's Pub where Little Innies is, um, and literally they would end up in the middle of Mills Avenue, like having a wrestling. Oh, that's match. funny. So uh, should we cut out this whole last sequence where all we did was play no. dress up? No, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I tried. They'll, they'll that listen. is what makes that's what makes this podcast this particular episode at least downloaded forty seven times. Well, let's okay. Get, that's shot. my prediction. Forty seven downloads. Forty seven downloads for the the sixth element. The many adventures of Luke Besson and his creepy movie Leon the Professional. <laughs> On that note, I say we get out of here. I'm I'm good to go. Everybody ready? End Let's this do thing. It. Get out of here. Peace.